I'm willing to bet that you have an opinion about workplaces. Over the last two years, we've all been thinking about this topic a lot, and we can't seem to agree. Does working from home bring more work-life balance? What will it mean to go back to normal? And who exactly is doing all of this great resigning? For many of us, myself included, the future of work feels pretty uncertain and maybe even stressful. Today, I'm speaking with Ann Fannin, director at the WorkLearn Institute, a research unit that pulls insights from Waterloo's world-renowned co-op programs. She'll give us some valuable information about what the youngest workers want from their careers and what tomorrow's most successful employers will provide them. Thanks for joining me, Ann. Thank you so much for having us today, Megan. Well, let's just jump right into it. The WorkLearn Institute focuses on students' cooperative education experiences while they're at Waterloo. So, and why is this information so valuable to all employers and workers who feel uncertain about the future, not just those involved with a co-op program? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, since, as you've said, Waterloo runs the world's largest co-op program with around 25,000 students working with 7,000 employers in 65 different countries, WorkLearn is uniquely positioned to study both how to create quality work-integrated learning programs, both from the student and from the employer perspective, but also how work-integrated learning can significantly contribute to an organization's talent strategy. And as the war for talent ramps up, employers are really going to want to be able to leverage these insights to attract, to recruit, and to retain some of the top talent in Canada, the University of Waterloo students and graduates. WorkLearn is also an incubator for innovation in work-integrated learning experiences, so we test new models and new ideas for work-integrated learning to evolve the practice, and this allows us to meet the changing demands of the labor market and of society through work-integrated learning, and we're really committed to sharing these insights with our employers from our innovations and from our research so that they can leverage them in their talent management. Yeah, so it's not just about co-op. Obviously, it's very helpful for employers hiring co-op students, but this information, it sounds like it can extend to the general workforce as well. So there's a lot of misconception about what Gen Z and maybe even what older generations want from their employers. And so maybe some of these insights can help us understand these things. Uh, in the WorkLearn Institute studies, what are some of the things that the youngest workers value and are employers actually aware of them? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question. And that's something that we've studied extensively at WorkLearn. And one of the things that we found is that there's a values gap between Gen Z and their employers. And that's both in terms of perception of values and then how organizational values differ from what Gen Z is looking for. So just to be a little more specific, one of the things that we did is we asked employers what values they thought Gen Z were looking for in their workplace. And the employers identified three top values. So hedonism, universalism, which is really um, identified as a tolerance for differences in the world, and self-direction. And to a certain extent, they got them right. So Gen Z, their top three values are benevolence, so helping others, helping family and friends, 
self-direction and hedonism. So there was a little bit of alignment there, but where we saw the bigger gap was really when employers identified what they thought their organizations valued compared to what Gen Z was looking for. And those organizational values were self-direction, again, uh, but security, so this feeling of being safe and in harmony with others and universalism. Why this matters, why this value gap matters is that 50% of our Gen Z respondents said they would not take a full-time position if it was offered to them, if it aligned with their skills, but not with their values. And so our employers really need to understand what it is that Gen Z are looking for in these opportunities to recruit them, and then more importantly, to retain them in those positions as well. Another interesting thing that we found is that these values um, stayed consistent regardless of work mode. And you mentioned this in the introduction as well. So what are the values with remote work and hybrid work and the future of work? And some of the work-learn research showed that these same values are exactly what our Gen Z students were looking for in their remote experiences as well, with um, an additional sort of focus on some socialization activities and really ensuring that that work that they're doing in the remote context is meaningful and that they have a feeling of productivity. The other piece that I might add is for our employers, it goes beyond values when it comes to recruiting, attracting and retaining the Gen Z talent. So employers need to think about the ways in which they onboard their Gen Z talent, the kinds of opportunities that they're giving to them, and even the ways in which they advertise positions. So in another study done by WorkLearn, we investigated the ways that employers could adapt their job descriptions to make them more appealing to Gen Z. And some of the strategies that were really important included again mentioning the values of the organization in the job description, focusing on diversity and inclusion, and showcasing the learning opportunities that were available for the student in that position. And our study participants indicated that they would be even more likely to apply for a position if they believed that the employers had a real strategy for how they were going to do these things. So not just mentioning them in the job ad, but really making it clear how the organization lives those values. Hmm. Yeah, that's all really interesting. Um, I think it's really great to hear how discerning Gen Z is about the types of jobs that they're looking at. From my experience, it seems quite different from what other generations did. I mean, I know that I wasn't quite so discerning when I was looking for my first real job. Um, I wonder how this translates into practice, though. Given all of these insights, do you have some examples of what co-op employers have done to create the very best experiences for young workers. And I wonder if you can tell us what students appreciate and how employers could maybe expand these practices to retain top talent in general. 
Absolutely. And I think you've already identified this, that our co-op students are really just sort of a microcosm for what we see happening in the broader labor uh, force. And so I think when we talk about what our co-op employers do really well, we can absolutely extrapolate these findings um, to employers and to the broader labor force. So engagement, quality engagement for a co-op employer involves sort involves four main pillars. So learning, impact, relevance, and networks. And our employers really need to think about how to put these structures in place, even for short-term employees such as co-op students. Of course, as we've already mentioned, the current challenge for many employers is thinking about how to take sort of existing structures that might have worked really well um, and putting them in a remote context, especially some of those things like informal connections and social interactions that we just took for granted in our in-person workplaces. So we've certainly seen some companies find a fair bit of success in trying to understand the needs of Gen Z employees. Um, But at a At its core, it really boils down to a few key things. So again, a focus on articulating and really living those company values, providing opportunities for learning and development, and treating all of our employees, be they short-term work-integrated learning students, new hires, or long-standing vets within an organization as those critical and valuable members of your organization. Um, You know, when it comes to things like onboarding, what we've seen uh, for co-op students reflect the best practices that you would have for onboarding for any employee. So clear welcome welcome messaging that indicate the value of that employee to the organization. Those structured onboarding meetings, both from an HR perspective, the supervisor's perspective, and then integrating that member very intentionally into the team. So a lot of those things, I think, are um, sort of standard best practice, but But what we see is that when our employers live them for the short-term employees like co-op students, that's where the students are really, really seeing the value. Um, The the last thing that I might note, um, one of the studies that we did recently was on sort of the building blocks of creating high-quality experiences for our co-op students. And there are a few key learnings from that study. So one is the importance of really helping the co-op students and the new employees understand how their work fits into the bigger picture. Uh, The second, as I've already mentioned, the importance of uh, creating those formal learning opportunities, formal network opportunities, and really um, drawing attention to them as skill development, sort of creating that clear connection for the student. And then the final piece, something that we see some of the top organizations doing, they carve out a little bit of space in that student's role for the student to innovate in a stretch project. And that doesn't need to be a huge part of the student's position, but being given that opportunity to bring their unique Gen Z talents into the role, their creativity, their fresh perspectives, um, and having their voices heard by senior administration goes a really long way towards a Gen Z employee sort of seeing their way into a potential future opportunity with that organization. 
I love that last point, and I can see how offering that stretch project would really give a student or a young employee an idea of what their career might look like later on. Plus, I'm sure it lets them get their feet wet, too. Uh, It sounds like a really valuable opportunity. So how do you think these trends will change in the future? We've already made reference to trends we're seeing with younger employees and Gen Z, As jobs and the workforce change, and they're changing rapidly right now, it feels like, do you think some of these preferences will expand into other generations and even influence common practices? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, And I, I think you've already alluded to this. So I think it's already happening, and I don't think it's solely a reflection of Gen Z's influence. So Gen Z does have some unique traits, but in many ways, what they're seeking in work reflects what all of us are seeking in work. It might just be that Gen Z has a little bit more clarity and that they're a little bit more vocal about what they are expecting from work. And I think COVID has challenged many of us to think differently about work and what meaningful work is to us. And as you've already mentioned, the great resignation is just one indication of the many ways in which the labor force is thinking about engagement in work quite differently. So as employers, we need to respond to this shift in sentiment. We need to think about the real strategies that we're going to put in place to help each individual employee grow and prosper within our organizations. And particularly if we want to keep and benefit from the unique skills and knowledge that an employee brings when they've got that long-standing history and an opportunity to grow within a single organization. That's going to be the really big challenge as as Uh, The labor market has such a shortage and employees have so many opportunities to go work in different places in a global workforce. Employers really need to think about how they solve for the individual and how they help each employee grow and develop. And that changes everything. Um, The one there's there's a number of trends, of course, that are changing the way in which we think about work. Um, One that is so acute is, of course, the impact of automation and AI. And I think we're really just starting to feel that. But generally, as you said, it's such a rapid uh, rate of change. And so we need to think about training and development of our staff differently. We can't sort of separate work and learning. And that's the really interesting thing from the work-learn perspective. And as we work with some of our employer partners, as we talk about training and development for the future, we're going back to this model of work-integrated learning. And how can we take what we've learned from our many years of co-op at Waterloo and think about training and development in an organizational context using work-integrated learning as that model? Lots and lots to explore there, and I'm really looking forward to uh, what the future will bring in terms of research and innovation projects to that end. Yeah, me too. You know, I said off the top that work feels really uncertain right now, and that can be really stressful. I think we're all feeling that to some extent, but 
Change like this can also be really exciting. And it's been great to get a glimpse into how these things might pan out with your research. Thanks so much for sharing your insights, Anne. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful to your work, I think you'll like some of the other resources from Waterloo's Work Learn Institute. You can follow the link in this episode description to explore their employer services. They offer a range of options from team workshops to workplace research and program reviews, and it's all customized for your organization. If you're still here, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Alumni Note is produced and hosted by me, Meg Vanderwood. Carlos Saavedra is our editor. Carlos and I are both alumni and staff at the University of Waterloo.